0: welcome back to us shaking the tables of reality through minds on kingdom making christ the talk of the town again my name is darlene adley your host and today's episode is entitled is your circle keeping you from fulfilling god's purpose most gracious and everlasting father i ask that you may speak through me that it may be you that these listeners may hear and see Lord, I pray that you may block me. I pray, Lord God, that you may remove me. They may only hear you and what you have to say. Thank you for everything you have done and thank you for being a most amazing father to us. And I pray, Lord God, that you may cover these listeners, cover them, cover their family, cover their peers, and cover their lives. Since we say and ask in your most precious name, amen. Is the community in which you placed yourself in interfering with your momentum for progress with the father? Is the community you're in keeping you from grasping the wisdom God has in store for you? Are you placing your potential in your friendships instead of the path God presented to you? Today I'll be reading from 1 Kings 3 and I'll be progressing through the story of Solomon and I'll be reading in your hearing. We begin as David has already appointed Solomon to be king. David gave him proper instructions telling him how he should run the kingdom. He also warned him about the adversaries David had when he was in reign but he also told him that Solomon should use his wisdom accordingly. He also told him to show kindness to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead and let them be amongst the table that he eats at. After Solomon became king he asked the Lord for wisdom. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh king of Egypt and married his daughter He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given to him from his father, David. He offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during a dream and God said, ask for whatever you you want and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people to numerous to count of number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours the lord was pleased that solomon asked for this so god said to him since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself nor have asked for the death of your enemies but for discernment and administering justice i will do what you have asked i will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will not equal among kings, and you will walk in obedience to me, and keep my decrees, and keep my commands, as David your father did. I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke, And he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all in his court. What's so amazing about Solomon's wisdom is that he was able to use it immediately. Two prostitutes approached him, he was able to determine who was the mother of the alive child one of them said pardon me lord this woman and i have lived in the same house and i had a baby while she was there with me the third day after my baby was born the woman also had a baby we were alone there was no one in the house but the two of us during the night this woman's son died because she laid on him so she got up in the middle of the night took my son from my side i your servant was asleep she put him her breast and put her dead son on my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead but when I looked at him closely in the morning light I saw it wasn't my son that I had bore. The other woman said no the living one is my son the dead one is yours but the first one insisted no the dead one is yours the living one is mine and so they argued before the king. The king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and give half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved of love for her son and said, please, Lord, give the living baby to the woman. Don't kill him. But the other one said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him into two. Then the king gave the ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. And this is the wisdom in which the Lord gave upon Solomon. And the Lord spared Solomon from mayhem with his adversaries as he was building the temple in preparations of the temple, giving him wisdom on how to build the temple. And what I find so fascinating about the Lord is that since David wasn't able to create the temple because of the adversaries that he came across in the past, the Lord granted Solomon with the power on how to build the temple of the Lord. And God braced him from the mayhem. Solomon was able to tell Hiram, you know that because of the wars waged against my father David from all sides, he could not build a temple for the name of the Lord, his God, until the Lord put his enemies under his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me the rest on every side and there is no adversary or disaster. So the amount of wisdom that God gave unto Solomon The wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all people of the East and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, and his fame spread all over the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs outnumbered 1,005. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So he was able to build the temple. He was able to build his own palace because God was like, you know what? I'm gonna let you have a cribo. You can also have a cribo as well. And he was saving him from his adversaries. This was a lot of things. God gave him wisdom. God gave him the insight to build the temple of the Lord. God gave him the insight to build his own home. And God braced him from his adversaries. God even helped him to furnish the temple so he had so many blessings and because Solomon saw the amount of blessings that God had granted to him he dedicated the Lord in prayer thanking him for the temple and presenting sacrifices and just giving praise and adoration to the father and the Lord appeared to Solomon when he had finished the temple and the royal palace the Lord said unto him I have heard the prayer and the plea you have made before me, and I have consecrated this temple, which you have built. By putting my name there forever, my eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity, of heart and uprightness, as David your father, all I command and observe, my decree and laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever." As I promised David, your father, when I said, you shall never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. But if you or your descendants turn away from me. And this is God letting him know. He's like, you know what? If you- <laughs> I'm going to give you and tell you the blessings I'll put upon you if you do right. But I will also tell you what will happen to you when you do wrong. But if you and your descendants turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them, and I will reject his temple. So God is saying it just like that. He's like, you know what? (laughs) You can have the goodness. You can have a good life. But he's like, don't try me, because you will feel the raft. Then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. So he's saying, all the hard work you put into this temple, I will reject it. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule amongst all people. This temple will become a heap of rubble. Wow. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and will say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer because they have forsaken the Lord, their God, who have brought their ancestors out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. And you know what is so crazy? As soon as God told, it's like, come on. As soon as God told him what he would do if he messed up, that's when Solomon messed up. So here, here, here's the rundown. He's appointed as king. He receives wisdom from the Lord. He's able to tell two prostitutes what to do because of his wisdom. He built the palace in an innovative way. He built the temple in an innovative way. He dedicated the temple. He dedicated his home. And he was married to Pharaoh's daughter. He was married to Pharaoh's daughter from the beginning, but like, you know what I'm saying? But he was, he was living a good life. He was living a good life. And God even took away the adversaries. Like, dude was not having beef with nobody at that time. He, he, he put a pause. But because he was so confident, we cannot just become stagnant when God delivers us with a gift. Because God would be like, you know what, honey? The same way I gave it to you is the same way I could take it back. Don't get too, don't get too comfy. Because the same way I gave it to you, I could take it back, and things went wrong when Queen Sheba entered the chat when Queen Sheba entered the chat room baby, Queen Sheba heard about how good he was, she heard how how he was full of wisdom, and she came with the best things. She was like, you know what I'm gonna pull up to impress because because I, i'm I'm queen, and she arrived to Jerusalem. In a great caravan with camels, the best spices, like this spices had to be the best of the best. It had to be something that was very impressive. She came with large quantities of gold. She came with precious stones. And she came to Solomon and talked to him about all she had on her mind. When the queen saw all the wisdom of Solomon, and the palace he had built, and the food on his table, and the seating of the officials, the servants in their robes, his cupbearers, the burnt offerings he made, and the temple of the Lord. She was overwhelmed. She's like, What? I've I've never seen something like this before and because she gassed him up so much and, and she got into his head because this is when things just went 180 things were going so well him and God were on such a good path and she said unto the king the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true but I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told to me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. She starts giving him the the 120 talents of gold, the spices, the precious stone. Never again were so many spices brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. So King Solomon was impressed. He was impressed. He was, he was like, oh, so he's like, oh, you got it like that? So, 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 so since you want to boost me, now I'm going to boost you. He began losing his individuality. King gave the queen Sheba all she desired and asked for, besides what he had given her out of royal bound, and then left in return with her retinue. To her own country, he began, <laughs> and this is this is something where it, it it becomes very concerning. He began having love for more women than just his wife. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites—they were from nations which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must never intermarry with them. So, he's taking what the Lord has already told him and going against it. And my thing is, God has already granted you with so much, but now you're trying to play in his face? Okay, let's read further because the Lord got something good for him. The Lord got something good. He's like, the Lord's like, okay, you're trying to be funny? Let's be hilarious. So, then this dude... This dude, King Solomon, my, 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 my wife, the one that's like the Pharaoh's daughter, I don't think she's enough for me. But I think I want 700 wives and I think I want like 300 calcubines and I think that would be good for me. But he does not know that those wives and those calcubines are going to come with their own gods, with their own demons, with their own catastrophe into his life, turning him away from the Lord, turning his heart to their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the God that we serve. So the instructions that his father gave him at the very beginning, just not listening, he started following goddesses and goddesses and all these people, all all these demonic type So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord and the Lord was like, you know what, baby, I got something for you. You're trying to be funny. Let's be funny. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, did. And then the Lord entered the chat. God entered the chat. The Lord became angry. The Lord became furious with Solomon because of his heart and how his heart turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude, he's like, since you're trying to be funny and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I have commanded you, I will certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. And he's like, ooh, hmm, the God that we serve. So he's telling him, since you did me wrong, I'ma spare you, but wait till your son comes yet i will not tear the whole kingdom down from him but will give him one tribe for the sake of david my servant and for the sake of jerusalem which i have chosen so even though solomon did wrong the lord is still sparing him slightly but then the lord was like you know what i got something else for you the lord raised up his adversaries here came hadad his other adversary named Razan. then he rose up jeroboam the lord was like you know what you was trying to be funny so now let's be hilarious He's like, if i give you something and i pour into you and i pour into you and i pour into you and you try to do some craziness and show out in front of my face the lord is like i got something for you solomon reigned in jerusalem over all israel for 40 years god cut his term short then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David and Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king everything went wrong when Queen Sheba entered the chat he lost his individuality his wisdom if he would have used his mind right Queen Sheba's words wouldn't have fazed him and I feel as though this should be a prime example to us We can't be doing things because our peers are doing things. We have to have our own individuality. Your term in this life can be cut short if you implement your friend's decisions and not incorporating what God has told you to do. When you want to change and incorporate the guidelines of the Lord god will always be behind you to give you structure and instructions he was like he will back you up he will back you up the same way solomon asked him he was like you know what god like I, I i can't fulfill these duties that you that you want me to do i don't know how to reign a kingdom i don't know how to i don't know how to build a temple i don't know how to he's like right now what i'm just doing i'm just doing burnt offerings and sacrifices like i don't know how to run, i don't know how to run a kingdom the way my dad did like you helped, he's like the way you helped my dad i don't know how to do that and the lord was like you know what if you just follow what i do if you just follow my instructions and you follow the structure that i presented to you baby it will be easy it will be easy because god is doing the majority of the weight god is doing the majority of the hard work you just have to be there but because he did not do that his time was cut short because he wasn't in structure all the way through his time was cut short he was supposed to reign in the kingdom longer than 40 years I even think he had a premature death. If we're being realistic, he was just vibing. What keeps people from their individuality is imposter syndrome. But the thing is, I don't think imposter syndrome is real. And because Queen Sheba came, I feel like in a way, this is what I think, I feel as though he felt, he thought that he can turn corners because he underestimated his wisdom after he met her. But here's the thing about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, to me, is a diagnosis you place on yourself by comparing and contrasting your life with others and being upset when their calling isn't your calling. I don't know what they were thinking in that time. Their mentality might've been different from our time, but we're kind of living out the same thing in this lifetime. We may see someone else having a calling and thinking that's our calling. I have an older sister and she's currently married. Me, I'm not married quite yet, but I can't put my sister's calling as my calling. Hypothetically speaking, if she go buys a home right now, she has the mindset for it She has the lifestyle for it. She's in that phase of life. That's her calling. But who am I to go say, I am going to go buy a home. I'm not in the phase of life for it. And that's what we're doing with our own lives. We're placing our life at the stepping stool of how somebody else's life is. You can't be doing things in your personal life at the, at the at the pace of somebody else. You can't be doing things in your life and using their phase of life as your blueprint because you are both on different highways. You guys are both on different parts of life. Let's look at life as a highway. And I gave this an example in the past, but now let's go thorough into this observation, okay? So when you're going on a highway, for example, let's say we're going north. The opposite direction is drivers going south. I'm in the highway going north and my friend, is in the highway next to me but let's also pretend that instead of the highway going south their highway is also going north as well as we look at this blueprint of me going north and now my peer is also going north between my highway and their highway there's bushes there's trees we do not even know if there's deers in the land between my highway and my peers highway so how am i or how is my peer going to be focusing on a highway they're not even on i can't be looking into my peers highway because that's how i will hit potholes so how are we looking onto other people's roads why aren't we focusing on our own road Why? That's how imposter syndrome is caused because we're too busy looking at someone else's life and making their life the blueprint of what our life or what we want our life to be. But God did not ordain that for you. God did not make that your calling. God did not make that your purpose. But imposter syndrome, that's why I feel like imposter syndrome is not even real. It's a diagnosis that we place upon ourselves. But when you have individuality, when you incorporate you thinking for yourself, you thinking in the way that God ordained for you to think, you will not come across these issues because you will know that your friend is at a different speed limit. You will know that your peer is at a different, different speed limit. You will know that your friend has different things on their road that you cannot adapt to. God did not ordain for you to go through those things. And here's the thing when we partner up with our friends and we tell ourselves, oh, we, we, we go through this and we have this. and When we don't have a sense of our own individuality and we don't have a sense of our own calling and we don't have a sense of what we are truly going through because we are self-prescribing and self-diagnosing our issues and not allowing God to take the steer and take the steering wheel, you are taking yourself through chaos. You are taking yourself to an ending hole of a trap. You're going to trap yourself. We're just saying we're going through something because our friends are going through something. We're saying we're going through something because we're undergoing imposter syndrome and wanting to fit in with the rest. We did not have anxiety. We did not have depression, but we were just self-prescribing ourselves. Don't place the basis of your life on what your community members are going through. Yes, you can fellowship together, But don't base the trajectory of your life on the path of your peers. That's how you miss out on blessings. That's how you miss out on opportunities. And that is how you miss out on sharing the gospel to people who should be hearing the word of God through you. And I wish Solomon was able to realize that. If he was able to internalize how much of a gift God gave him when God gave it to him, he would have reigned for longer than what he did. He could have done so much more with the wisdom that God gave him. But my question to you, what are you doing with the wisdom that God has granted to you? Is the community in which you placed yourself in interfering with the momentum for progress with the Father? Is the community you're in keeping you from grasping the wisdom God has in store for you? Are you placing your potential in your friendships, instead of the path God presented to you. Most gracious and everlasting Father, I pray that your listeners, I pray that your children may have heard you. Lord, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. Lord, I pray that you may continue to work through us. I pray, Lord God, that you may revamp our minds for the better. Thank you for covering us with your mercies, and thank you for showing us grace. And I pray, Lord God, that you may continue to cover us with your salvation. Since we ask and say in your most precious name, amen.